The horses are at the gate. And they're off. Welcome to Winning Ponies. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, John Inglehart, racing's regular guy. All right. Well, welcome back. I hope wherever you are, you are staying cool. Uh, pretty much uh, broke records from coast to coast today. But hey, this isn't a weather report. It's a show on Thoroughbred Racing. I'm John Engelhart. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Stay cool. It's going to break. We'll be okay. Well, normally this time I'd be giving you the lineup for the races at Saratoga we're going to cover because they got the Four Star Dave. They've got the uh, Saratoga Special for the two year old boys. You never know who's going to come out of that race. But we are going to switch gears since I guess. Um, it's somewhat of a grand finale for beautiful Arlington Park. Um, while they still have racing, I believe, up to Labor Day, um, this is their big weekend. This is what we used to call Arlington Million Day. And they always had a slew of great races, the Secretariat, the Beverly D, and, of course, the Arlington Million. Well, we could call that race two things right now. We could call it the Mr. D, as they have renamed it, I guess, in a swan song for Mr. Dushiswa. Or we could call it the Arlington 600,000, because while it was the first million-dollar race in North America, it is now $600,000. Yeah, you'd think they'd want to go out on top, but hey, I'm not here to judge, just to handicap the race. And coming in to handicap the races with me at Arlington, not all of them, and I believe there's at least five stakes on the card. We've got three grade ones. We've got uh, the Bruce D, as it's called this year, of course. You know it is the Secretariat for three-year-olds. We have the Beverly D, which it was always known as. And uh, we'll see what Chad Brown can do there. He's won the last five, but he doesn't have the favorite in there on Saturday. And then, of course, a race that we will call throughout this show, the Arlington Million. Uh, Chad Brown may well uh, have the one to beat in there with domestic spending. Uh, this four-year-old gelding has just been something else. Uh, seven lifetime starts, six wins, and a third-place finish when he wasn't ready at the start of last year's Hall of Fame at Saratoga. But since then, has reeled off three straight grade one victories. That's amazing in its own right. But we will be bringing in none other than the voice of Chicago Racing, John G. Dooley to talk with us about the uh, his memories of Arlington Park, and then we're going to bring in the Blood Horses Byron King to talk about the aforementioned races and any memories he has of the Chicago track. So um, it is with a heavy heart that we bring you this show about Arlington Park. So uh, that is the layout. Now, there's going to be, you know, great racing all over the place. Ellis Park on Sunday is going to be fantastic. Of course, Saratoga is always fantastic. Uh, Delmar's up and running. Um, 
so the one thing you're going to need is Winning Ponies Easy Win Forms. These are the sheets you want that'll get you there. And some recent uh, wins at Saratoga. It was the eighth that we gave out a $1 pick six. It was a five of six, but hey, I'll cash a ticket for $1,700 anytime you ask me to. Moving towards the center of the country, at Ellis Park, we have a 50-cent Super 5 that paid just over $2,000. And also just over $2,000, this was two days ago at Mountaineer, a $1 Super High 5, bringing back $2,100. Hey, I could sit here and recite them all night, but you can go to winningponies.com and check out our results on the easy win forms yourself well finally he got it done it was just a matter of time but it was cool to go out at saratoga steve asmussen passed dale baird to become the winningest north american trainer of all time his first starter of the day at saratoga a son of tappet in the fifth race and uh as it should be, the win came for Winchell Thoroughbreds, who have teamed up with Asmussen for so many of his wins and so many of his great runners, including Gunrunner, who's turning out to be one hell of a stallion with his first crop. We'll get on to one of his big winners for Steve as we go. But uh, Steve was the younger brother of Cash Asmussen. I remember watching him ride at Saratoga. Uh, he... Uh, like Steve Cawthon, put on a few pounds, decided to go to Europe, and uh, ended up being a champion jockey over in Europe. There's just so much uh, in the Asmussen family, and the fact that uh, no one will ever be to take away the fact that uh, um, he's the top trainer. And figure this out if you do the math, he passed Baird with 11,000 fewer starts and don't forget Asmussen's just 55 and there's fewer races available across the country right now as there were 10 years ago but his figures will never be matched and uh, I guess his upcoming goal might be 10,000 winners and uh, so congratulations to Asmussen and the entire Asmussen clan uh, sad news here not to uh, death related but we're going to the sidelines with mandaloon came up with a sore foot and uh, judd mont's farm leaving leading horse that uh, uh won the haskell via disqualification and may get moved up into the derby via disqualification is going to take six weeks off i mean he's worth so much right now you don't want to take any chances but that means he's going to miss the majority of the summer fall races and to try to rush them uh, for the Breeders' Cup Classic, just it's not on the list of things to do when you got a horse like that. So the goal for Mandaloon now is 100% the Saudi Cup. Uh, so uh, that's going to be what they're going to point for, and hopefully he can get there to that rich, rich race. So uh, uh, anyhow, we're going to miss Mandaloon and some of the rematches he might have had down the road with some of the other great three-year-olds. I don't know if you've been watching the Phasic Tipton Saratoga sale. It was fun Monday and Tuesday. Just kind of sit back and relax and watch the sale. I don't think I saw a horse under $200,000. The average was 408000 Total of over 55000 
million dollars, and uh, the median oh only three hundred and fifty thousand. I guess that's the cost of getting into that sale. Pretty amazing. Um, what's good is a lot of home buyers uh, were deep. They weren't all cool more who did take the sales topping horse and it son of to mischief for two point six million, but. Uh, uh, 15 lots were purchased by 12 individual buyers. So we'll see some of these rich babies at the races here in North America. Now, uh, just a matter of time, trainer George Navarro withdrew his plea of not guilty and entered a plea of guilty to count number one of superseding federal indictment and for conspiring with others to administer non-FDA-approved mis- branded and adulterated adulterated drugs. These are drugs for adults. Don't get me wrong here, okay? Uh, but we, by now, you all know the story. Yeah, they still haven't found out exactly if they have a test to find out what it was. But uh, there was enough evidence, enough wiretaps to show that he knew he was dealing in something that was currently illegal. And... Uh, physically concealing them and shipping them. Uh, anyhow, uh, right now it looks like uh, he's going to admit that uh, for four years from 2016 through March 9th of 2020, administered, directed others, including vets, to administer this uh, these drugs, uh, blood-building substances, we believe, produced uh, uh, uh Something that would open up the horse's, uh, you know, bronchial tubes and uh, it helps with bleeders. And uh, so anyhow, uh, they say that the drugs came from Panama and the Dominican Republic. He also admitted that he specifically administered the drugs to XY Jet prior to the 2019 Dubai Golden Shanine. And sadly, XY Jet died after a morning workout not too long after that. All right, let's get to some good news. Flavian Pratt takes Jockey of the Week honors with three Saratoga Stakes wins. Not bad at all, young man. Uh, let's see, it started out with uh, Public Sector, a Chad Brown trainee in the Grade 2 National Museum Racing Hall of Fame Stakes. even off the four to five favorite in that one. And then uh, on Saturday, it was Chad Brown who gave him the leg up on Flavius, in the Phasic Tipton Lure Stakes. And to finish the weekend, he piloted Con Lima, uh, trained by now Hall of Famer Todd Pletcher in the Grade 3 Saratoga Oaks. That win marked the 26th graded stakes event for Pratt in 2021, second in that category to Joel Rosario, who has 31. His weekly stats, 11 Four, four, and zero in the money, 72% of the time for purses over 674. So good news there. Bad news here. I, I knew this Jack. He was a great guy. James Lopez. We used to call him Lopey was his nickname. Um, 
uh, grew up on the Louisiana, Kentucky racing circuits, where his father, Joe Lopez, uh, was a jockey. His grandfather, Santos Lopez, was a quarter horse jockey and later a trainer. So uh, he was pretty much cut out to be one. He started galloping horses when he was only 12 years old. And then at 16, against his father's wishes, quit school and took out his jockey's license. Uh, we've heard that uh, story before. Um in 2005, he shattered a collarbone when a horse fell on him, leaving the gate at Turfway, and that was pretty much the end of it. Now, for many of those years, he was living in the basement of a guy who's been on this show that you probably have heard of, and that's none other than Tom Drury, and it was really a blow to Tom, who, uh, you know, he pretty basically... Lopi was kind of like his little brother, his son, whatever. Um, and he did help, even though he wasn't riding uh, in the afternoons or evenings at the tracks. Uh, he helped prepare Art Collector, who went on to win the uh, Grade 2 Toyota Bluegrass and the Run Happy Ellis Park Derby for Drury. So, Lopi, you will be missed. Um, a dying spirit. Medina Spirits, call them what you want, has now had two bullet works. There is a graded stakes race out west on August 29th, and there's also a race at Saratoga called the Traverse Stakes. Wouldn't that be nice? Okay, well, let's uh, take a look at the races we looked at last week. And uh, Terry Hill from Saratoga helped us. And in the Whitney, what a... Uh, show by Nick's go. I said, Hey, when you're the only speed in the race, you're dangerous. They bet him down to even money. Loves those two turns. Got a little bit of a breather by Joel Rosario after establishing his lead and then came back. Brad Cox just stole the race. And second was Maxfield who uh, was rated by uh, Jose Ortiz and fourth and came on to be second. And in the third spot was Silver State. Uh, also, we had the Saratoga Derby Invitational. Whew, some long shots here. The top three, 21 to 1, 15 to 1, 10 to 1. And filling that top spot was the Irish bred State of Rest, trained by Joseph O'Brien, ridden by Johnny V. How about that one? And then in the Longines Test, that's right, three-year-old fillies dashing seven furlongs. The winner here, Bella Sophia, got the job done. She's now four starts, three wins, and a second for trainer Rudy Rodriguez. Luis Sayez was in the saddle, just waited and waited and exploded in the test. All right. That is a look at the races we looked at last week. I gave you a little bit of a preview of what we're going to look at this week. And coming up next to help us with that is the Blood Horses Byron King. I'm John Engelhart, and you're listening to Winning Ponies. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. What? 
can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Bet with confidence. Bet with BUSR. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free, 1-866-472-5788, or send us an email at show at winningponies.com. John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Englehart. And with me right now, a very well-respected man in the sport of thoroughbred racing. We don't get to pack the press boxes as we used to, A, because they're getting smaller and smaller and kicking us out, and B, with COVID last year, they just kind of disperse, so it's it's hard to get together with the press corps. But back in the day when I used to be up in the, the Keelan press box and there would be top scribes from all areas of the country right there. If they sought out some input, if there was a question they wanted answered, if they wanted uh, some visionary on an upcoming race, they all would kind of gravitate to the table that this man was sitting at. And with us right now, that person, none other than Byron King. Byron, thanks for joining us again on Winning Ponies. That is Quite the introduction. Not much of it true, but I do appreciate it. Um, I certainly, uh, many, many knowledgeable people up there, of which hopefully I added just a little bit uh, among among the masses. But uh, we're blessed with a uh, a really strong group of turf riders in the state of Kentucky, and uh, uh, just to be among them, I feel feel good about. It. Well, very, I, I did leave out the part that one of the reasons they gravitated f- towards you is that you would always get two pieces of bread pudding, and some people might want a little extra there or get the piece that you took. <laughs> but uh, That is exactly true. It, you know, COVID eliminated the bread pudding at the Keeneland Press Box. I mean, uh, there was something very wrong about that. Very wrong. So. Um, oh. You yeah, know, can't they just I mean, give it to us in little containers when we walk in? That I mean, no you hum- think? I mean, what is it? Just a super spreader event? Uh, I, I have no idea. You know, uh, but you know, when people they do lay that bourbon on sauce on pretty thick. Maybe they 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 were worried we'd get a little loopy. I don't know. So well, who knows? 
But anyhow, I, I, I miss those days. I do pray they come back, but so I don't get to see your smiling faces as often as I used to. But hey, it's a pleasure to have you here on Winning Ponies. We will g- get to the big weekend uh, at Arlington Park, but before you do, let me uh, let me be one of those scribes that that gravitates uh, towards you and ask you uh, what you thought of uh, Nick's go scintillating performance in the Whitney stakes. Well, he was just fantastic, you know, and, uh, as you mentioned, I was listening to your, your commentary, uh, you know, shortly before I came on, you were talking about him being lone speed and indeed he was, but at the same time, he didn't go slow. He kind of rolled out of there. And unfortunately, you know, uh, or not, unfortunately, it's fortunately for him, unfortunately for his opponents, He's just faster than a lot of horses, and he clears them pretty quick. And sure enough, as you uh, alluded to, he's far better going two turns than one. And I think it, it takes a kind of a unique kind of horse to beat him to lead. You know, uh, he's now retired, but a you know a charlatan type when they went over and and dueled in the Middle East. You know that kind of a thing, but. Boy, when he has his way out there, uh, he is mighty tough, and it's uh, pretty remarkable the um, the turnaround that he has made. Of course, he was a Grade One winner too. People forget that, and he was second in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, uh, but then he went badly off form. Uh, but once he joined Brad Cox, boy, he got back on his game again, and he's uh, rolling. Yeah, he really is, and it, it, it'll be fun to see, you know, where he lands. Also, I'm looking down here at my stats in, in this race, and obviously they've gotten better. Can you believe Brad Cox is winning at a 44%? This was a week ago. He was winning at a 44% clip at Saratoga. This guy, That's boy, you talk about do, a rising star. Yeah. I don't know if Absolutely, and he's been... He's been, we've had in Kentucky, we've had the opportunity to see him for, I don't know, what, 10 or so years probably. And, of course, he did so well with Midwest Thoroughbreds long ago, you know, kind of a claiming outfit. And now now he's got the who's who of of owners, you know. He's got Judmon. He's got Godolphin. He's got, you know, the... Uh, Saul Kuhlman's, uh Madiket Stables. He's got, uh, you know, all these kinds of powerhouses, Michael Dubbs, and, you know, the guy is, he's uh, he's stocked, you know. I don't even think he has many claimers anymore, if anything. I think he's kind of given up the whole claiming game, doesn't need to. Uh, and, and you know what, Byron? I like the way he makes himself uh I'm on on a fairly regular but limited basis available to the media. I mean, you see him at all these races and somebody's sticking a microphone and he takes his time to be very cordial, to talk a little bit about the horse, about, you know, he'll compliment the rider. I mean, he, he acts as if he's been in the spotlight his whole life. And while it's not new, it's relatively new. As you say, you've been watching them for 10 years, but on the national scale, we've only been watching them for two or three. Yeah. I mean, obviously he has become much more prominent on national scale and he's, you know, I have to admit he's harder to get a hold of, not so much at the racetrack, but, but he's harder to get hold of, you know, if you try morning hours, things of that nature, because I don't know how many horses he's trained. He probably trains 150 or more, you know, and when you start training those Maybe not. I'm not quite sure of the precise number. Certainly over 100. You, you know, it just, you're spread out. You're busy. 
that's a lot of entries to make, a lot of owners to talk to, you know. And so um, he, he certainly, um, I see him at times in the morning, and he looks like he's, uh, you know, a little bit uh, uh, whooped, you know, because he's been, you know, running around from here to here there. So uh, definitely oh. a busy, busy, busy man these days. I know you think about it. now. I I know asking you to go back three weeks is is kind of hard at your age, but l- l- let's rewind the clock to uh, the Jim Dandy. Speaking of Brad Cox, how I mean, it'd be one thing to have Nick's go in your barn, but you've got essential quality in your barn. I mean, my God, the only race he's ever lost was the Kentucky Derby, and as you know, anybody can lose that race. Right. And, uh, yeah, I mean, he's loaded, you know. So uh, there you've got Essential Quality, who his margin of victory in the Jim Dandy was not by a large amount. I think the official margin was probably a half length or thereabouts. Might even have been a neck, I don't recall. But um, but he was extremely impressive from the standpoint that he had about as bad a trip as I think as you can have in a short field. I mean, he was hung wide around every turn. Keep me in mind, who was second, was able to slide right up the inside and really had every chance to upset him. And uh, he still got it done, you know. So, really, essential quality is only lost coming in the Kentucky Derby when he was bumped at the start and when he was very wide. So, um, he's legitimately the front runner to, to win three year old champion honors. And of course, you know, came out this week too that Mandaloon is sidelined for the you know, the rest of the year. So uh, uh, he's one less one out there. Of course, Medina Spirit is back working. But uh, right now, you'd have to think that, uh, you know, Hot Rod Charlie has certainly put some big races together, but he got disqualified from the Haskell, you know. So definitely essential quality in the driver's seat right here. Well, it will be it will be fun to watch. But I wanted you to weigh in on both those both of those races. Well, let's go up to Chicago. It's uh, it's going to be a melancholy uh, kind of uh, afternoon for a lot of people uh, watching uh, Million Day uh, go away. Obviously, I don't think that the track's going to be a track next year. Um, but it, I can I can go back. And now showing my age, I remember the very first Arlington Million, and I they've been rebroadcasting it on television this week. I still don't think John Henry caught the Bart. <laughs> it was an amazing <laughs> race. Now, you were probably it in diapers then, but uh, you've seen replays since, haven't you? Wasn't that an amazing race? Oh, yeah. Back in the day, they used to have, uh, in this going back a number of years, but it was the summer of 92. I was a college intern at Arlington Park. So I worked there. It was my first front side job. Wow. And um, back in that those days, uh, they used to have, I don't know if it was like a video game or some kind of like little terminal where you could go up and you would watch the replays of some of these great uh, Arlington millions of past years and it was a pretty cool, cool setup. And so, no, I've seen a lot of those great classic ones. And, you know, even in the past century, we've seen some really good ones. You know, Kitten's Joy, you know, this is the turn of the century, I should say. You know, Kitten's Joy, and you had some of these other big O'Brien horses and books and mortar. And, you know, I mean, it, it, there's been some good ones. And uh, 
you know, I think this year's race is not the deepest one in terms of the competition, you know, but you do have the top-ranked American turf horse uh, running in the race, and that, you know, obviously being domestic spending, who was a, a dead heat winner on Derby Day in the, the Turf Classic. He shared it with uh, Colonel Liam, and then he came back and won the Manhattan going away. You know, he's a really, really good horse, and uh, he's in there. You've got Zulu Alpha, who's made $2 million bucks. He's trying to rebound from a, a bad showing in his first start of the year, and you've got an Aiden O'Brien horse they're bringing over, so you know, you've got three or four nice horses in there, but I just don't think you have like the, uh, you know, you don't have seven or eight ones. You know, I don't think it's a vintage one top to bottom, but some very good top heavy kind of types. To- totally agree. You know, and the other thing, again, in the vision that Mr. Dushiswa had at the time was the whole idea of putting up a million dollars is that it would become an international race, something that we see a whole lot more of now. But, I mean, you know, we're, we're talking about going back to 1981. And to be honest with you, it it worked in that respect because it, it did bring over the European shippers many, many years. Oh, absolutely it did. You know, I mean, there were some really good foreign horses that we've seen running this race. And, you know, we've got a nice one running in this one. I mean, you've got Armory, who has Ryan Moore, who's Aiden O'Brien's go-to jock. That's who he puts up in all these big ones, you know. And this is a horse that has flirted at winning one of these uh, big ones. He's made uh, over a million dollars, but, you know, third in the Prince of Wales Stakes, which is one of the most prestigious, you know, summer races in Britain, that was a group one over there. He just ran uh, fourth in a group two, but he you know, carried 135 pounds or something or other. He's even traveled to Australia and ran second in the Cox Plate, which is one of the big races over there. So, I mean, this guy's logged the miles, you know. He's a, he's a very, very good horse. And, you know, Brian usually means business when he comes here because they're in the, you know, they're in the business of producing these kind of, uh, stallions. That's what he wants to do when these grade ones, you know, and he's obviously thinking maybe he can knock out a grade one here in, you know, America that might be a little easier than uh, those that he would have run over, you know, in, in Europe. So, uh, and as I mentioned, he's had success here before, you know, he, he, and he won the race in 2011 um, with Cape Blanco, you know, so he's had, he also won a power court in 2005 and yeah, I mean, he's just, he's had some success here. Now you know what I'm talking about, ladies and gentlemen. This is why people gravitate towards Byron King when he walks through a racing facility. They want that information, and he's got it right there in the file. It is uh, Medulla Oblongata. It's truly amazing. Uh, Byron, I'm, I'm very impressed that you could rewind time like that and talk about those European runners. Now, the way the race sets up, the way I see it is, you've got the horse that ran one, two, three, and five, I think, in the Arlington Press. Uh, including Zulu Alpha, who needed one. It only that was his first start uh, since September at Kentucky Downs. Uh, he's also eight years old. He could be long in the tr- in the tooth. But what I see here is because most of those horses that, that we mentioned, domestic spending, uh, Zulu Alpha, Armory, um, like to come from off the pace. I mean, they're great performers. It looks like the locals are going to have the speed, but do they have the class and quality to hold off those top three that we mentioned? 
I would doubt it. And also, I would say this, too, that, you know, it's been my experience in turf racing that, you know, it lone speed is far more dangerous on dirt than it is on turf. You know, it, you can go slow, but what happens with turf racing is if you go slow, those closers usually have you a little bit, uh, uh, you're a little closer to the, they're They're right within a few lengths of you as opposed to eight lengths back and that kind of stuff. And a lot of times these turn into a, a test of who can accelerate. And naturally on the turf, too, you're not kicking back the dirt and all that kind of stuff to discourage the late runners. So for the most part, I am not a lone speed on the turf kind of handicapper. I just don't see uh-huh. it as uh, as potent as it is on dirt. You know, on dirt, it's like probably the biggest advantage there is, you know. So um, I would be reluctant to go on. The channel is probably the best of the. You know, the locals, he's four for five at Arlington. Larry Ravelli trains, and, you know, Larry Ravelli is like the king of, uh, you know, Arlington. So uh, I think you could give a look to him, but I just don't think, you know, they're coming out of the prep for this, which was a grade three and probably, you know, pretty deserving of being a grade three. And I think now they're taking on, you know, in armory and domestic spending to legitimate grade one, or in the case of Armory, perhaps group two kind of quality, and uh, I just don't think they're good enough to beat them, you know? Uh, All right, Byron, I've only got about a minute and a half left in this segment, just to give you a heads up, so we'll pass on what's going to be called the Bruce D, which is a glorified non-winners of two, and we'll move on to the Beverly D. Chad Brown's won the last five. He's bringing in Lamista, an Irish bred from Saratoga, who faltered in the Diana, Uh, but we'll get first Lasix in here. You talk about speed not being too much of an advantage on the turf. I got a feeling Mean Mary might go from flag fall to that's all. And she is dangerous. Boy, I tell you what, when she won the New York handicap, she like outbroke the field by about a length or two. Just a really rare thing that you'll see in a horse race like that. And she used it to win. And that was a good group. Now it was running a bog. So I'm against mean mary here and i'm i'm with chad i like uh lamista i know her last race was terrible in the diana but he's showing so much faith in her and her previous start was really quite nice behind harvey's local oil so for the reasons you mentioned and the confidence that he's showing in her i like lamista in the beverly Bay. all right well we have been uh blessed to be able to spend time with none other than associate editor of the blood horse byron king uh you know his home's in louisville but his heart's wherever the racing is on any weekend of the week of the year uh byron thanks a million for joining us and i hope somehow some way our paths cross soon i'm sure they will john and you enjoy the racing this weekend and i'll look forward to our next conversation All right. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. Always enjoy having Byron on the the call. And when we come back, we're going to be with the voice of Arlington Park and get his read on what it's going to be like calling this, uh, not the final day of racing, but the final million day, shall we call it that, at Arlington Park. We'll be right back after this brief break. Thank you. 
stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. And they're off. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of the easy win form. The most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. BUSR brings you the best options for Triple Crown season, and now is the time to get in on the action. Bet on the Kentucky Derby with BUSR. Enjoy daily rebates and cash bonuses, including up to a $500 welcome bonus for winning ponies listeners. Enter promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, when you sign up at BUSR.com backslash ponies. Again, that's promo code PONIES, P-O-N-I-E-S, at BUSR.com backslash ponies bet with confidence bet with busr have you friended us on facebook yet why not just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for the keywords voice america once you are part of our facebook network you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows this week's featured guests and new happenings at the voice america talk radio network and you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline just go to facebook.com forward slash voice america or search for voice america The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, John Englehart, racing's regular guy. The phone lines are open and are toll-free. 1-866-472-5788 1-866-472-5788 or send us an email at show at winningponies.com John and our guests are looking forward to hearing from you. Have any tips or comments you'd like to share? Any questions we would be happy to answer? Contact us. Now, back to the show. Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. All right, and with me now, a gentleman that I go back to quite a few years ago uh, when he was calling at Thistledown Racetrack, I'm going to say in the late 80s. I, I, I think our trio of announcers in Ohio then was Kevin Gomer at River Downs, Nick Caporo at Beulah Park, and John G. Dooley at Thistledown. You think I'm right or what? Great, great seven and seven memories, John, of uh, the days back there in uh, Cleveland, Ohio. Nineteen ninety-one was actually my first year at uh, Thistledown, and enjoyed being there at the Big T back then in the early nineties. Okay, well, I'm reading off an old bio, so I don't know maybe they get the numbers <laughs> wrong, but it, it, it doesn't matter. And then, and then from there, from Thistledown, where did you go, John? Uh, well, actually, I'd been uh, right out of right out of school. I was working for the New York Racing Association, and then for a short period of time, went back to New York. Uh, uh, was working with uh, Tom Durkin, was his assistant announcer there at Belmont in uh, wow. uh, fall of yeah fall of '96 and early '97, and then took the job with uh, the late Steve Sexton and the great uh, Corey Johnson, working for a terrific management team at uh, Lone Star Park as they opened up in April 1997, and then came here to Chicago in the early 2000s. Now, at that time, the track wasn't owned by Churchill Downs, correct? 
Um, it was right. <laughs> they're probably uh, shaking hands uh, at the time back in May of, <laughs> May of 2000 because uh, they've owned it uh, since about that time. So it's been uh, 21 years now that uh, Churchill Downs uh, has owned Arlington and uh, first started working for Duchess Spa Industries. So uh, that's, of course, uh, you know, Mr. Duchess Spa, Mr. D Stakes on Saturday. But uh, Churchill was uh, quick to move in uh, back in 2000. And that just happened to be my first year here, too. Now, John, I didn't know that you were an, an assistant with, with Dirk and who I hail as a, uh, I, I think when we go to announcer's heaven, he's St. Peter that meets you at the <laughs> gates and, and probably happy to do so, I'm thinking. And, um, but wh- when did you first uh, generate the idea that I can do that when you listen to a track announcer? It was kind of like back, you know, you, you know, you mentioned, uh, you know, Kevin Gomer, you know, uh, Gome, who, who we knew from, you know, the days, and of course your days uh, spent at River Downs and uh, mine in Cleveland at Thistledown. And, you know, as a young racing fan, I grew up in New York, so of course hearing uh, Marshall Cassidy uh, calling races. And my family and I, we would take our summer vacations up around that Lake George area in upstate New York. Oh, yeah. And, you know, yeah, and it was always in August. And, of course, a great race meet kicking off uh, every August now, a little longer. Uh, you know, the uh, latter half of July and August and uh, into early uh, uh, September. But uh, just got hooked on it there. You know, heard Marshall Cassidy calling races and uh, went to St. John's, graduated. And, uh, yeah, right out of school, started working for Naira. And at one point was like the backup to the assistant announcer was uh, Tom Durkin, who took over for Marshall Cassidy in uh, the fall of 90. And uh, uh, then, of course, I was working uh, with them at the time. And Frank Dwyer was an assistant announcer. John O'Brien was also an announcer. He worked in simulcasting. And, of course, uh, a young publicist last track statistician that wanted a chance to call some races, too. <laughs> Well, obviously, they uh, eventually opened the door for you, John. You, you sound fantastic. Uh, don't forget, folks, when you don't hear him in Chicago during those winter months, uh, he's down at the fairgrounds. So this guy is so blessed, or has been <laughs> with his schedule, in that he gets Chicago in the summertime because nobody wants to be there in the winter, and he gets New Orleans in the wintertime because nobody wants to be there in the summer. You are truly blessed, Mr. Dooley. Yeah, I mean it's been it's been a great you know it's been a great run, John. You know, and of course all you know all the news and uh, talk about Arlington and this being the uh, last meet, but uh, it's been the 21 great seasons. You know, calling races at Arlington. Look forward to this Saturday. I mean, three Grade One races after everything that you know the, the world has gone through with this uh, pandemic, even last year and uh, this year. Of course, fans are asking me even about New Orleans uh, at the fairgrounds. Will fans be allowed? And of course, uh, you know, management there trying to work through uh, the health and safety issues uh, with regard to that for this coming meet, which kicks off on Thanksgiving Day. So, with everything else going on, spinning around the world, uh, you know, you've got uh, the Arlington meet, and of course, uh, talk about uh, this being the last one. Uh, you know, of course, I'm not part of that decision-making pro- pro- process, but just look forward to a big day on Saturday. Well, John, let, let's go back. We're when you started calling it Arlington, was it pre or post Arlington Fire? I was post. My first year here was uh, May of 2000. So, of course, they didn't run in uh, 1998, 1999, there, uh, Illinois. And uh, Mr. Dutch they were working on legislative issues, trying to get some things done for the track to get uh, back. And Arlington reopened uh, to a grand reopening back in uh, May of 2000. And it was just uh, terrific to be a part of that. They still have, in fact, uh, the Daily Herald's uh, supplement that uh, that opening weekend. Uh, you know, the track is back. And uh, as I said, you know, 21 years later, a lot of different changes. I mean, horse racing, I mean, gaming, 
uh, all the uh, race courses and racinos now. And uh, Arlington, it kind of feels like uh, you know we've been uh, we've been left at the post. <laughs> well, uh, John, where do you call home since you had two such uh, polar regions that you called race in for extended meets? Well, I still have family back on the East Coast, but uh, my wife and I, we live here in uh, the Chicago area, not too far from Arlington. So, uh, you know, it's been nice to kind of call this home and then go down, spend the winter, as you mentioned, uh, in New Orleans. I've been there since 2004 or 5. Uh, even after Katrina, we had a short abbreviated meet at uh, Harris, Louisiana Downs. They were nice enough to uh, uh, kind of play host to uh, some of us uh, fairgrounds uh, types when we ran a uh, shortened season there. And then it was back to New Orleans uh, for the rebirth, uh, you know, of the city. And it was terrific to be a part of that there. But um, it's kind of called uh, Arlington Heights home uh, for the, since, uh, you know, since almost since I've been here in Chicago. So it's been great to be up here in the Northwest suburbs, not too far from Arlington. Well, uh, you know, again, uh, the, the meet will continue, but nothing was like, million day i remember <laughs> i remember how excited we were back in 1981 when we heard there's going to be a race worth one million dollars <laughs> <laughs> uh, of course now they're worth 10 million but anyhow uh <laughs> so much for that bad impersonation um it, it was so exciting and uh they would show in the replays as i told byron all week long uh leading up to the million of course tvg is going to be there and uh you, you you know you had a lot of their people uh that that were you know connected uh to the track like mike joyce for sure his dad yeah, was uh, yeah. you know one of the leaders for for uh for so many years and uh, you, you know going back like what what was the first million you called and were you was your heart beating a little bit faster than usual well, by the way, you know, you mentioned uh, TVG and uh, Scott Hazelton, his father, talking about yes. the king. You had, you had Byron on the, the all-time winningest trainer in the history of Arlington. And uh, Mike Joyce, you mentioned his family. I was going to kind of joke to Mike. I said, I wish you'd bring us a couple of cigars and about $250 million this weekend. You know, so I don't know <laughs> what, he, what he could do. But, wow, you know, 40 years old. I mean, the Arlington Million 1981 first run. Uh, mine was in 2000. It was actually Chester House, and, you know, being able to call, uh, you know, I remember, you know, Judmont Farms, uh, Bobby Frankel, Jerry Bailey, just uh, the combination that day, and they came back, uh, uh, you know, a couple of years later, you know, and won the Arlington Million. A great finish uh, with uh, Beat Hollow, and, uh, you know, you have, you know, Hall of Famer Bobby Frankel, who, I mean, he loved uh, to race uh, at Arlington on these on these big, uh, you know, grade one days uh, like this Saturday and, you know, being able to call, uh, you know, his horses for Judmont Farms. Uh, that was just such a thrill, you know, for me back in 2000. And, you know, this year it'll be, you know, it's 20, I think I've done oh, 20 Arlington Millions and, and it'll be one Mr. D Stakes. So <laughs> that'll be my record. Wow. <laughs> wow, yeah. The Arlington Million minus 400,000. But nonetheless, uh, uh you know the, the the race. It's it's just been a standard in racing. And, and as I said with Byron too, uh, kudos to Mr. Dushiswa for not only creating such a humongous purse, but creating a uh, stage on which would make it palatable for European horses to make the ship over here. And you've seen some of the best. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, Aiden O'Brien, I mean, uh, you know, it's, and it's amazing going through his, you know, you know, record here. I mean, he's won, you know, the million a couple of times. Uh, you and Byron were talking about Armaria's chance in this year's Mr. D stakes, but going back to Powers Court, Cape Blanco, uh, it'll actually be uh, 10 years uh, tomorrow, uh, no Friday, uh, that, uh, you know, that he won that uh, race with uh, Jamie Spencer uh, going back to, uh, you know, August 13th. Uh, Ten years ago, so you know, time time really flies. But uh, like Aiden O'Brien, he's never won. Uh, he's never won the Beverly D. So you know, we've got uh, you know, we got that coming up, and uh, we'll see. You know, Santa Barbara, of course. Uh, you know, two to one, uh, second choice in the morning line. You guys were talking about uh, you and Byron John about me and Mary, and you know, Momista Chad Brown. I mean, he's he's been Mister he's been Mister Beverly D, and you know, he's looking for you know a seventh win in that race. So you know, still. Uh, you know, the purses, uh, it's not the Arlington Million. It's the $600,000 Mr. D stakes. But, uh, you know, Chad, you know, uh, having won with uh, Bricks and Mortar and Robert Bruce and Beach Patrol, I mean, you know, real solution. I mean, he's just been, you know, amazing as a four-time uh, million winner. So uh, look forward to Saturday. Well, uh, let's go back. We've talked about some of the horses. Let's go back to some of the riders. One of my favorite early riders uh, was uh, – E.T. Baird. <laughs> He's still doing the business. I wanted to know that. Yeah, E.T., E.T. I mean, he, you know, he, he didn't ride uh, last year. Uh, again, we kind of had a shortened season. Uh, again, there was, you know, with everything going on. But uh, he came back. He's come back with a vengeance uh, this really? year. And, uh, yeah, he was really determined. You know, I talked to him one day, John. Uh, I was leaving the track, and, and I saw him. He came over, and we were just kind of talking. Uh, and he said, you know, John, I really kind of want to, you know, prove, prove something to myself, prove something to others. And he's really just, you know, been, uh, you know, riding, you know, really lights out, riding really hard and, you know, look forward to seeing him, uh, you know, past million day, uh, you know, uh, Mr. D stakes day and, uh, finish out the meet strong. And, uh, you know, he's one of Arlington's all time best. I mean, early fires, Pat day, Chris Amy, who's still active. He's third all time and ET's right up there, you know, in, in, you know, fifth or sixth, I think all time, I'd have to look at the stats, but he's right up there as among the all time best. And if he had not missed a lot of years too. Yeah. And I just remember one year, this is before I was in the game, I was going to college or something. I'm at the Kentucky Derby. We're all trying to angle in for a good spot along the paddock to see if we can't get photos. And so we got talking with this group of people like, you know, what brings you here? What's bringing you? I said, what brings you here? He goes, oh, my dad's riding in the race. I'm looking <laughs> at this kid. And he's no spring, spring. I go, your father? He goes, yeah, E.T. Baird. And he came out on a speed ball. I forget the name of the horse right now. I should have done my homework. Uh, the horse was a really top, top spring but he was just wasn't going to go with the derby distance and he didn't uh golden chance farm but i've got pictures of him there he was coming out aboard this horse i said dan that's your father I said yeah that's my dad <laughs> right there he might have been the oldest to ride in it or heck i guess he still can but uh we know shoemaker was the oldest to win it and of course shoemaker going back again uh, he yeah. was aboard john henry for that great great win so who, who were some of the favorite right i mean maybe it's too hard to name them you've had so many of them but just uh, some of uh, john g dooley's favorites it can be a rider it can be a horse it could be a race it could be a tavern well, I mean, without a doubt, and whenever I, whenever I think back to the Arlington Million, I mean, I'll never forget the Illinois bred, you know, the Pizza Man winning and Solon Giroux and the late Roger Brueggemann. And, you know, an Illinois bred horse, uh, you know, he, he was accomplished in his own right going in. He had won the Stars and Stripes, uh, you know, for a couple of years. And, uh, but, you know, taking on that open company uh, in the Arlington Million and 
Uh, just I'll never forget the crowd reaction and, you know, really, really love that race from, from uh, start to finish. But, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, like I said, you go back to, you know, Chester House, you know, Jerry Bailey, uh, you know, winning, uh, winning uh, on Beat Hollow, too, uh, for, for, for Bobby Frankel, just, uh, I mean, from, from start to finish. And, uh, you know, even, even Jamie Spencer, I mean, going back to thinking about, like, Kate Blanco, I mean, uh, but, you know, the, and it's funny, too, that one of the other things that always strikes me about the Arlington Million have been the DQs. I mean, since I've been here with Suleimani in 2003, uh, uh, got, uh, got uh, put up to first after Storm and Home got disqualified. That was uh, Gary Stevens right there at the, you know, finish line. And, uh, you know, Kate Blanca, Powers Court got disqualified, kicking Chris put up the first. Uh, the Apache would have been as a South African bred. That would have been a great story. And the, but he got disqualified. Real you know, solution was put up. So I don't know. I've been like kind of the, the king of DQs. It's the hardest calling the Arlington Million. So just hope for a nice, safe, clean race on Saturday for the Mississippi State. Uh, I, I hope so, too. Uh, how about. Um, some of your favorite horses. It could be a local claimer. It 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 could be you know a, a million horse. You know, just a horse that for some reason was near and dear to you. Maybe you cashed a big bet. Well, like I said, I mean the Pizza Man comes to mind at that at that you know grade one level. But I got, I've got to say, John, today today even even today uh, on a on a Thursday card on a seven race card on a hot day in Chicago, regular guy ran. So of course I was kind of rooting for rooting for the regular guy today ran ran second. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I've been betting that poor horse uh, so long. Uh, he's always showed potential, you know. I think it's also interesting, you know, we we're talking about, you know, the locals uh, versus the million guys in, uh, in the, you know, sorry, versus the Europeans in the million. Yeah. And a horse we didn't mention, but has great local connections, I'm sure, for you, is Big Dreaming. Who is a uh, yeah, son yeah, of Calibre. Dreaming of Anna, trained by the Cat, who was just an amazing jockey on the Chicago circuit. I'm talking about Wayne Catalano. Yeah, and actually going back, uh, mentioning uh, you know you had Byron King on the air uh, earlier, and uh, King Richard Hazelton, Arlington's all-time winning as trainer, and uh, Scott Hazelton, of course, uh, TVG personality, Mike Joyce Belby, covering for TVG on Saturday. But uh, the Catman is right there all time, and it's. King Richard Hazelton and the only other trainer with over a thousand wins is the Catman. I mean, it's Wayne Catalano. I was talking to him the other day, and of course, uh, you know, we were talking about Arlington, and you know, I mean, again, uh, you know, trainer that's uh, second all time here. So certainly a lot of emotions, you know, for Wayne in the next uh, few weeks as we get up to closing day on September 25th, and then it's Lowry Ravelli. Uh, you know, with over 800 uh, career wins, uh, you know, and the, still training through uh, closing day here. So, I mean, a real, a real great cast. But, you know, John, too, going back, I've always had a soft spot, of course, for the Illinois Breds, you know, running here and uh, what's going on with their program. I mean, uh, you mentioned another uh, just all-time favorite horse to me, too. Fort Prada was always a horse that I always, you know, respected for Chris Block, his family, Team Block. Um, you know, they've run in some of the big, big races here and day in and day out. They've always supported the Illinois Bread program. So I have to give a mention to them, I think, what Chris Block and uh, his family have done for Illinois racing, uh, you know, through all these years, decades that I've been here has just been, uh, you know, they've done a lot. Well, John, it's been great catching up with you. It really has. Yeah, and absolutely. Just, Pleasure. <laughs> well, expect to call in about six months. You you, you got to promise you'll come on for one of those fairgrounds Kentucky Derby preps with me. Is that all right? Absolutely. I mean, look look what's happened this year. I mean, the LeCompte Risen Star, Louisiana Derby. I mean, we're watching these three-year-olds really, you know, do battle like, like you know, Mandaloon. So, uh 
I'm always cheering on those uh, fairgrounds-based uh, three-year-olds this time of the year and in the classics. All right, John. Well, it's been, it's been fantastic hearing your voice again. Good luck on Saturday and, and enjoy all the spotlight you're going to get with Scott Hazleton and uh, Mike Joyce up there because they're hyping you pretty good on TVG. Uh, all the best, John. And also, uh, really quick, always always think of those that were there before me and those that aren't with us anymore, including our dear friend Kevin Gomer, too. So. Well stated. I got chills. Thanks a lot, John. Cheers, John. All right, John G. Dooley and Byron King, two of the best guys in the game of racing. And one of the best things in the game of racing, too, is the easy win forms you get from winning ponies. Don't forget, we talked about some of the stakes races, but there's a lot more on the card. The pucker up at Arlington, the four-star Dave at Saratoga. Of course, the Saratoga special. You can go out west to the Long Acres Mile. Some great racing, the best way to get to the winner's circle and the best way to get to that cash only line at the racetrack is to pull down the easy win forms from winning ponies well a lot of great racing on the weekend program i wish you all the best of luck i'm john Engelhart for winning ponies remember when you go to the races bet with your head not over Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with John Inglehart. We hope the information from today's show will benefit you at the next post. Join us for more insight next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Also, look for our weekly newsletter. Have a great week, and may your photos always be winners. again for listening to the preceding program brought to you 